Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. We provide news, commentary, and reviews for all types of nerds, from the hardcore to the casual. What's up, my nerds? Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with my fellow co-host, my longtime host and friend, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And if you can't tell, we're, we're going to review The Mandalorian, uh, Season 3, Chapter 4, I believe. Right? Or not Chapter 4, Episode 4. Uh, I think it's Chapter 20. So, um, It's been uh, a while since I've seen, I've been this excited about an episode. I mean, there's been some good ones here and there. I think the last one I was ex- this excited about was the final of, uh, season two, uh, when they went to capture Moff Gideon on the ship and Luke Skywalker shows up and all that stuff. But I was excited for different reasons. You know, this episode had a lot of Mandalorians and I think that's kind of what got me all excited and interested in it. So, uh, for you, Mark, like first impressions, you, you're just done watching it for the first time. What are you thinking? Ooh, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was like, what the heck? Why is this over already? <laughs> yeah. Right. True. Like yeah. it was so fast, but it was so good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like, like you said, a lot of Mandalorians, we got to see all the younglings and you know, how many more, uh, up and coming Mandalorians they are in just this group. Um, I, I liked it for everything it brought to the table. I thought it was cool that we got to see some back history mm-hmm. about some things uh, that I think people wondered about for a long time. Um, <clears throat> I think we got to see Bo, Bo-Katan, you know, more in her element mm-hmm. and kind of see where I almost feel like she's recognizing like her motivations need to change from what they were yeah. uh, or the way she goes about it, really. Not so much her motivations, but just her, you know, her destination to yeah. get to her goal. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment and valid. So, um, that was good to see for me. Definitely. So yeah, I had similar thoughts and it was a, a good, um, revisit. Uh, we saw these Mandalorians as co- covert. Is that what they're calling them? This group in, uh, in the first episode of this season. And it was good to revisit them cause I wanted to learn more about them. So, uh, they they show up in the last episode. They talk to the the armorer, and he's you know she's like, hey, you guys are part of the clan now. You bathe in the waters of Mandalore, so you're part of the group now. And I was we had talked a little bit about it as well. Is like, how is this going to affect the dynamics of the group, right? With Bo-Katan, a former uh, ruler of Mandalore, coming back, showing up just out of the blue, threatening the hierarchy that exists there, and. Uh, we were talking about maybe the this big guy, um, Paz Vizla, would take that as a threat, and we were like, "Oh, they're going to fight, and we're going to see, you know, who who gains control of the dark saber, and they're going to be the rulers." And we had this whole thing kind of mapped out, but uh, it didn't go that way. Yeah, so I think it's a little interesting dynamic here, right? Like you said, Bo-Katan used to be the ruler. You got you know, Paz Vizla, and then you have the armor, and you have the Mandalorian who mm-hmm. carries the Black Saber. Uh, it's well known. He defeated Paz Vizla in, in combat, right? Yeah. So, 
where's the hierarchy? I feel like it goes the armor and then those three are next. People are going to defer to those three. I think what's going to be crazy is if we see the armor get killed. Hmm. Then I think you're going to see a, the real power struggle. I don't, I don't think it'll go that way. I actually think the armor might throw her weight behind Bo simply because the Mandalorian does. Hmm. Okay. So to like avoid a conflict, she goes with the flow or goes with the safe choice, the best choice maybe? Uh, I think there's something about that vision talk when they spoke and she said, mm. you know, she saw the, what is it? The mythosaur. Mythosaur. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So she saw the mythosaur and I think the armor knows a little bit more than she's letting on. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause she talked about it like it was a vision at first and then she's like, Oh, that's nice. Like, yeah. This is the way. And I think she knows something about that and i think that'll be revealed in the next episode or two and we'll see the ramifications of that so i think i don't know i'm interested to see but i mean i i'm really good at these type of predictions you know that so (laughs) you get one right every (laughs) once in a while (laughs) i'm just kidding so we'll see it it'll it'll be interesting to see what go from here okay uh so you're saying they're playing nice for now but there's still a potential for some conflict and some, you know, changing of the guard as far as leadership goes. Yeah, okay. exactly. And, and, you know, Bo's star is only rising mm-hmm. with this episode, right? She successfully led the group to defeat, I don't know the names of all these crazy <laughs> flying dinosaurs. <laughs> the flying dragon. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know what it's called dragon. either. So, um, but, you know, she let, and then she brought back three of the, it's three babies and stuff. So she gained a lot of honor in their eyes, you know, so that'll be, that's in play. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So this episode starts off, they're all training on the beach there. Uh, I thought that was a pretty cool montage or segment, I guess, where they're just, you know, they're, they're wrestling, they're shooting at each other with the fire blasts and shooting. I mean, it's a typical day at the lake, right? Shooting guns and wrestling, (laughs) drinking beer, you know, no, no big deal. It's the average day, right? It's what we do at the lake sometimes. Um, so I thought it was cool to start off like that. We see a little bit of Grogu sitting there playing with these rock crabs. And then Mando comes and grabs him and is like, okay, you're going to fight. You're going to challenge this guy, this this other uh, foundling. And so we're all like, oh, how's this going to work out? Because, you know, Grogu's super small and this is an average size kid. And they use the darts. They kind of do like a, an old school, you, you take a shot, I take a shot, or draw type thing. And Grug was able to pull it out for the win and mark the kid three times. What, what did you think about this challenge as far as, in theory, like is it a good way for them to train? And also how does it kind of show Grogu's skill? Would, would you have any thoughts on that? I. I like it because it's kind of a one-on-one combat thing. I didn't quite understand it because each time the boy hit Grogu, he just shot once and then it stopped. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden Grogu shoots him three times. It's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you win. Not, no worries. Um, so that part was weird. I didn't understand that. Um, I thought it was cool we got to see a little Jedi ability there. Mm-hmm. I don't really... <laughs> I have a hard time wrapping my head around where Grogu's place is now, right? I mean, he left the Jedi, right? He came with the Mandalorian. Is he really going to grow up to be a Mandalorian? He'll be a 900-year-old Mandalorian. (laughs) 
Um, I don't think that's it either. I think he's learning some stuff here. Um, I think he is connected with the Mandalorian and he's going to follow him. But I, I don't think that's his storyline. Mm-hmm. I think Good. we're going to see if not this season, the next season, he'll 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 do something else. I think, you know, uh, I don't know. That's that's my thoughts. I just I don't know. I have a hard time buying buying into him training with the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem odd. First of all, the size difference. Obviously, he's able to find ways to, you know, combat that literally by jumping over them. You know, but a, a full fledged Mandalorian is not going to fall for that jumping over him twice trick, right? But it's his first time, so you know we'll give him a pass. But he did train with Luke for two years. So what? Did they get into the lightsaber training yet, or was it just training with the Force? And we don't know. Um, I think they were about to. That was the next step when Luke, last season, you know, laid the the lightsaber in front of him and like, hey, you know, are you going to choose the lightsaber? Or are you going to choose going back to the Mandalorian? So maybe he didn't get into that part of the the training yet because uh, he left. But I, I agree as far as I don't see him with Mandalorians long term. Um, like any kid, he's going to grow up and want to be his own person at some point. Problem is, you know, by that time, he'll be 300 years old or, you know, he'll be a couple hundred years old at least. And Mandalorian uh, Din Djarin will be dead because he lives normal lifespan. He's already like 50 or 60. So it, like you, is this just another step in his progress? And I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. You think we'll see Grogu start talking soon? Because that kind of was brought up, right? When they're like, oh, you know, he's too young to speak. That's why he's not wearing the helmet. Mm -hmm. But he's old enough to shoot paintballs at each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think they've been kind of hinting at it for a couple episodes now. And this one scene where they're like, this is the way. And he kind of mumbled. So I I think... I think they're gonna. It's gonna happen at some point, right? In this season. So whether or not it's just he just uh, is baby talk, or he starts to actually form sentences and have conversations, like if it's quick. Because did he talk before, prior, like at the Jedi Temple? Was he able to communicate there? And he just with the trauma, he shut down and isn't talking anymore. Or is this these really his first words that we're gonna see this season? I think that's a good question that I hope we get answered. At some point soon, but yeah, I think I think it'll happen soon. Um, so, like you mentioned, this dragon comes, steals the the young. He's off kicking rocks because he got beat by a one foot tall uh, Jedi, I guess, Mandalorian foundling. And so the dragon comes, grabs him, takes him back to the nest. They try to chase him down, but they can't. And but Bo-Katan uses her ship to be able to track them. And finds out where the lair is and comes back. And then they plan a, a rescue mission. So pretty basic storyline. You know, they go and rescue him, obviously. And they have some struggles along the way and come back victorious. Pretty basic. Um, but there's a lot of action, a lot more action than the than the last episode, as far as like start to finish. Um, so I, I did appreciate that. I liked seeing the Mandalorians working together this guy, Paz Vizla, who has been a, a contrarian to Din in the past, 
And I think we were starting to see a little bit of it, but with the, his son, we, it's revealed that the fouling that was taken was his son. And I, I think it's his son and the armorer's son, but that part hasn't been revealed, revealed, so I don't know. But, you know, so with that happening, I think they are able to respect each other and any conflict they may have is at least temporarily put on hold, if not permanently. So I think that's how they get around the, you know, well, they fought for the Darksaber last season, you know, so how are they now? I think that's part of how they get around that conflict is Din helping them out. So um, as far as what we saw, you know, them using all their, their jet packs, their, their ropes, their weapons to go on this mission. Like, what did you think about all this Mando stuff that we saw since pretty Mandalorian heavy episode with all these different characters? Did you like it? Was it too over the top or? Uh, no, I thought it was awesome. Um, we've only seen a few episodes and we see them all work together. Right. Um, yeah. I think we saw that one with Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian when they were on the ship, right? And then they mm-hmm. all, like, break out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw one early on when they helped Mandalorian mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, help him, right? Help them escape. When they're, yeah, when they're in the sewers and stuff like that. And then this one. So I think it's pretty cool to see them work together, especially against something that's obviously too much for one or two or three of them, right? So that was neat. I did like that. I kind of want to see some context. That's what I'm looking for next. Yes, it's cool. We can see them work together. They can do good things when when they're together. Are we going to see a Mandalorian versus Mandalorian conflict? Are we going to see them like actually invade and and do something big? I want to see something big now, right? I want to see some type of big conflict. Just, you know, what's the, you know, context here are they going to run into a group of a hundred stormtroopers or whatever they're called now leftover stormtroopers and just annihilate them or are they going to struggle you know i i don't know because it seems like that this mandalorian group should be like an elite force yeah right more so than most mandalorian groups hmm. but but i don't know yeah. I, I don't have any context i don't yeah. see any other mandalorian groups i don't know but obviously mando I felt when he was in Bo-Katan's group, he was the best one there. And yeah. I don't feel like he's necessarily the best one. You know, I, I think Paz Vizsla is better than him. You know, even though he won because he had the dark saber, I, I really think Paz Vizsla is better than him. I think Bo-Katan's probably a little better than him. I Definitely the armor could kill everybody, you know, with the eye. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I just want to see some context here. How good are they really? Yeah. Yeah, and you bring up some good points. Um, we, we've heard talk of other groups. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, Din shows up to talk to Bo-Katan, ask where are all your warriors. And she's like, they left. They're out you know, in the galaxy somewhere. So we know there's all these other groups, all these other Mandalorians than, what, than just what we're seeing. And like you said, it's like, how good are they? Are they good enough? Are they better? Are they... Or is this group the best? You know, I want to see that too. You know, and I think that's part of, I don't know, maybe just this season, but I, or maybe the whole series is they're going to bring Mandalore back to power, or at least resettle it and uh, become its own thing again. And I think we're going to see that. I, I was thinking it would be throughout this whole season that would be the focus, and that seems to be kind of one of the things they're working on. But there's we're halfway through the season. Um, 
There's been four episodes. There's usually eight. Maybe there's more this season. We don't know. Well, I guess we do know, but so there's probably four more episodes. You know, are they going to do that in four episodes? I don't know. That's a lot. It's a lot to pull off, especially with they keep doing the flashbacks, which we'll talk about here in a second as far as this episode goes. Either flashbacks or side stories, you know, so the time that we spend with these characters is about half an episode, maybe three quarters of an episode. So we're not getting the full episode. So I don't know if we'll see that pulled off this season or not, which I kind of wanted to. Um, and I think what we saw last time with the TIE fighters coming in bombing Bo-Katan's castle, you know, there's an Imperial threat out there. And they're going to have to tangle at some point. Bo-Katan's probably going to want to take revenge or do something, you know, to get back at them. So I think we'll see that. And if not, when they go back to Mandalore, those guys will probably show up anyway, again, and they'll have to fight anyways. So kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, <clears throat> you know, for one, for them to know that they need to go there and bomb him. But was that, were those TIE fighters Imperial threat or was those, or were those the TIE fighters from the people that were chasing Mandalorian? No, they were Imperial TIE fighters because the people that were chasing Mandalorian previously were just pirates and they had they okay. just weird, you know, different ships, I guess. Yeah, so I can see kind of a weird. I have no idea the context of this plot or anything. Yeah. But I could see what, whatever that weird scientist side story is, you know, that lady that set him up. Mm-hmm. I could see something her getting whatever she needs and leaving and going with them. And then the Mandalorian's like, oh, we have to stop her for whatever reason. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, she stole the golden ticket or, you know, the gold yeah. grail or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then, and then we'll see some kind of conflict. Uh, there. So I could see that going on. I have no idea how they'll wrap that in though. Yeah. Well, I think there's the Moff Gideon link. I didn't catch this when I watched it last episode or two episodes ago, but there was rumors that Moff Gideon escaped. And so then this, this, uh, former Lieutenant of Moff Gideon was kind of working behind the scenes to gather evidence or, you know, get rid of evidence so that he can, you know, escape and not have any trail back to him. So I think Gideon's going to be back at some point, either this season or next, because he was, you know, he's the main threat of the show, you know, at the end of the day, at least at this point. So I think he'll, he'll show up again. If they, if they're dropping rumors in the episode saying he's escaped and that's probably either he has, or he's going to, I mean, that's a pretty good clue there in my opinion. So we'll see Moff Gideon again. That's that's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see any other big players? Are we going to see Ahsoka? Are we going to see um, Luke? Are we going to see Admiral Thrawn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's possible to see any of those or, or more. Um, Ezra, I guess Ezra. Yeah, I think my thoughts are is they're saving the Ahsoka, Thrawn, Ezra stuff for the Ahsoka show. Maybe they'll talk about it here, but I think we'll see it for that show. Um, maybe Ahsoka shows up again. I wouldn't, I, I would see, I would imagine her showing up more than Luke, unfortunately. Um, but I don't know why they would show up. Because before it was always to rescue like when Luke showed up, it was to rescue them because they were, you know, they were trapped or whatever. So, I don't know. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, I guess, about the Ahsoka show. I just wonder, you know, are they going to do something here big? You know, are we going to see um, some good crossover? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've seen some crossover in the different, you know, series. Yeah. Are we going to start seeing more and more of that going forward? And then Ahsoka, we're going to start bringing them all together, right? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, but it kind of seems like they're mixing and mingling as much as they can. Yeah. That's a good point. And why wouldn't they, right? It's the Star Wars universe. They're all big players. They're all kind of in the same area, I guess, story area. Um, and maybe they bring in Ahsoka and and all that to prime the Ahsoka show that's coming out, I, I think, later this year or early next year. So maybe mm-hmm. they're, you know, garner excitement like they did pre, you know, with previous seasons. And I've heard rumors Boba Fett's going to show up again. I mean, why not? He's part of the Mandalorian culture in some, you know, in some way. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he'll show up too, which would be cool. But yeah, mm-hmm. why not have now, crossover? I yeah. Think, yeah. A lot of it set up for it. I think it'd be cool. I think <clears throat> the big question is, will any of them kiss and then be brother and sister? <laughs> that, you know, yeah. is important. I think, uh, <laughs> Din and Bo will kiss and realize they're <laughs> aunt, and, aunt and nephew or something. Yeah. No, I think it'll be cool. I, um, when we got to see Mandalorian and Boba Fett fight together, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I really like that. You know, when when uh, Luke shows up, you know, and helps Mandalorian, that was awesome. You know, watching Bo-Katan interact, watching Ahsoka interact, like there's some really cool groupings here and right. I'd like to see a fun, you know, are we going to see that? Right. We're going to see Admiral Thrawn and, you know, got Moff Gideon and all, you know, all these remaining bad guys, the huts and whatever it else yeah. there is, you know, yeah. group up. And then we're going to see the opposite. You know, we're going to see Ezra. We're going to see Ahsoka, all that stuff. And we're going to see a big old battle. Yeah. That would be neat. Yeah. I can see that happening towards the end of the, the series. Right seasons five or so six or whatever they go to that would definitely be something to work towards um <clears throat> to bring all these characters together and because they all live in the same space right why not yeah yep so yeah cool stuff um as far as they they rescue the foundling they work together rescue him he's <laughs> the funniest part was and the dragon shows up and he kind of throws up the youngling as food to the, the baby dragons. <laughs> I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Because <laughs> I was like, I oh, where is he? He's dead. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, oh. And then he threw him up. I'm like, oh, he must be dead. When he just like <laughs> yeah. hung out there for a couple of days or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was good. He was kicking and good to go. Yeah. That was funny. So they, they're able to get him, bring him back. Like you said, they bring back the three baby dragons monsters whatever they are but my thing is like do they consider those guys foundlings because that's what she called them like we brought you some more foundlings here they are and what are you gonna do with those (laughs) i guess you could train them and ride them but that's like five six years out i don't know yeah well then how do you transport them they don't don't have any big transport so like once they grow up it's like all right well we're gonna go to war good luck guys we'll be back (laughs) or not yeah you know like I don't know. It'd be cool if you had a way to transport them and then you could like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, they have a cave troll, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how they'll, they'll wrap that in there. So it'll be neat to see how it is. I feel like this group 
especially with the addition of Bo-Katan and, you know, the Mandalorian coming back, is really getting quite strong, quite powerful. They have now access to ships. I think they're going to have access to more ships. And, you know, so maybe we'll see them as a as a real threat as opposed to this outcast group. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good prediction there. I can see that happening. Um, and then at the end, like you mentioned earlier, Bo-Katana lost a pauldron, and so the the armorer forges her a new one. And they talk about the mythosaur, and uh, she puts the mythosaur symbol on on the one pauldron. So she has a night owl on one, and a mythosaur on the other. Um, as far as the mythosaur goes, like she kept it a secret from Din, but <laughs> blabs about it to the the armorer. And like you said, armor's like, oh, that's cool, that's nice. Glad you had that vision. She doesn't really like react to it other than like kind of pats her on the head. Say, oh, that's nice story there. Uh, I thought like you, I'd be like, I'd be like, you saw a mythosaur? Whoa, that's so cool. Tell me all about it. You know, where was it? And, you know, she either knew about it already or didn't believe her. And I, I prefer to think that it was she knew about it already for some, somehow, some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I you know I want to know her backstory. Yeah. What is her connection um, to Mandalorian culture, like in general? Because we know that they left Mandalore, right, and they went to a moon or something like that. But what was her connection to Mandalore before they left to the moon? Was she always in armor? Because it sounds like an, the armor is like the cent. It's like the center of their civilization. Yeah. Right. The armor kind of. It's kind of like the Pope. Know. Yeah, it's not the king or queen or whatever it is, right? Like Bo-Katan was, but it's somebody with a lot of influence. A lot mm-hmm. of, you know, people listen to him. It's like the religious leader, yeah. really, right? Was she that before? Do her and Bo-Katan know each other from the prior, you know, from whatever? And if not, I, I don't know. I just feel like she had to have been someone that knew. Like she knew Bo's parents kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just don't know. I wish they'd get, go a little bit more into her. I know there's already like 10 million side stories, so <laughs> yeah, that'd be a tough one to flesh out, you know, like especially this late in the season. But I feel like she's got a huge part to play. And then once she plays it, I, whether she dies or just goes in the background, who knows, but she'll play it, but it'll be a big part. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. The, yeah, there are theories out there that she is... They call them Maldalorians, like after Darth Maul when he took over rulership of the of Mandalore during the Clone Wars, towards the end of the Clone Wars. Um, and all the Mandalorians had those spikes on their helmets like Maul has on his head. And she kind of has that same design, at least, on her helmet, right, with the spikes on top of her head. So there's theories that she was part of that group, that when... Darth, because when Darth Maul took over, his people that helped bring him into power were the ones that were in charge. You know, his people were running the show. So there's theories that she was part of that group at some point. And um, because also the Death Watch was a subver- a subversive group to overthrow the government, so maybe she was there and with them initially. And then when they brought Darth Maul in and he overthrew the government, she was still with that group. So she's always been on the fringes of, hey, we got to overthrow the government of Mandalore because they're too peaceful and we're, we're warriors. We need to get back to our warrior ways. And so that's kind of where I think she's at is in that 
side group, at least pre, um, you know, during the Clone Wars and stuff. So, hmm, interesting. And she knew Bo-Katan when Bo-Katan shows up. She's she's like, who's this? Who's this person? She's like, Bo-Katan. Did you bathe in the water? She knew who she was. So I think, and I think maybe even. Bo-Katan maybe knows who she is. I don't know. I mean, that's a stretch because she didn't, if she was a bad guy or if she was a relationship, she didn't give any reaction to that. She just kind of talked to her like, like normal. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, great questions though. You know, who are these people? You know, who is this armor? I think, I think they'll reveal it. And like you said, then that's her story and then she's done whether she dies or is just kind of there. But so, yeah, they talk about the mythosaur. I still don't have any more context than what, you know, we've, we've seen and what they've talked about. We still don't know what's going to happen there. I think the mythosaur become a big player in the future for sure. But uh, we'll see. So the side story, the backstory is there's a flashback with Grogu as the armor is pounding out his kind of chest plate there. Uh, he starts having flashbacks of Order 66 and we see him being guarded by some Jedi as the 501st clone troopers come in, start killing all the Jedi. And Grogu is able to escape from them, but his protectors died. He gets in the elevator, goes up, and he's met by another Jedi who helps him escape the temple and they fly off and they get into, they go to a platform and... Um, there's a Naboo starfighter there, transport ship, and they get in it and, and take off. So pretty quick action sequence. Um, I liked it. Um, see this, the fight, we see more of Order 66 again. <laughs> Seems like every season they reveal just a little bit more to get us all excited. They did the same thing at Obi-Wan. They showed some, some of that. Um, that's how the Reva, you know, she was a Jedi Padawan and, ended up turning into an inquisitor. But, uh, so we're seeing more and more of that with every release of the series. Um, what'd you think of this flashback and Grogu escaping the Jedi temple? Uh, it was cool. I liked it. it I think it brings up the same questions. Everyone's always had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is Grogu so important? This guy literally had four or five Jedi surrounding just him. You have younglings getting slaughtered by, you know, what, the tens or hundreds or however many younglings there are and Padawans there are running around. Um, you know, Anakin's walking through, slaughtering them tenfold. And your focus is Grogu. Mm-hmm. Why? What was, you know, it can't just be because he's, you know, Yoda species. Like, that's cool that you're Yoda species and all, but there's more younglings than just you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so what was so, what's so important about him? It's, you know, again, does he contain the magic, you know, the golden ticket? Is he, you know, is he going to save the world? Like, I don't understand. I I want context and why he is so important that you're going to like, you're literally getting slaughtered. You have four Jedi surrounding him to get him out. Then you have another one that, you know, was on some secret mission to set up the escape and the escapes just for him, just yeah. for Grogu. Like, there's no other younglings you need to save, no other Padawans, no nobody else. Mm-hmm. And then the people of Naboo are in on it, and, you know, they're there, and, you know, they give their lives up. They know they have to give their lives up. 
So he is a, this is a person of huge importance, and we, we still don't know why after, yeah. two, after two full seasons and half of a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some good points. Um, I don't know why. There's their speculation theory again. Uh, so Anakin and Grogu are the same age, possibly born at the same year. And so he was, you know, the midichlorians created life to, theory is midichlorians created life to be able to combat the dark side. He, the, that's how he became the chosen one. Is Grogu part of that process? Is he, the, is he the backup or is he just another creation, you know? Or is he a, a descendant of Yoda, Yoda's son? You know, we don't know. Uh, but I think there is going to be some importance or else why would they base the show partly around him? Right. So it is a big question. I think at some point they're going to have to reveal it soon. And they did that with this episode because the big question is, well, how did he survive order 66? You know, that's been the talk for since it was revealed that he was, uh, on Coruscant during at the temple during order 66. So they finally answered it. And that's, so I think they'll get to it, but it might be next season, which is, I don't like that. I want to know because they want to hold stuff back so it keeps people interested, but at the same time, you got to reveal stuff so then people are satisfied and will keep watching and find out. Well, so we finally learned that he helped was helped. Where did he go? That's the question now. Where did he go? Did he go to Naboo? Why did the Naboo help him? Was it Padme? Was it Jar Jar? You know, because that's a senator ship, and those are the two senators of Naboo, and. Or was it someone else? And why did they help him? Did he live on Naboo? So that's, you know, the next question. So they don't lack for uh, information that they can reveal slowly. Boom, boom. You know, they can reveal two or three nuggets each season and still satisfy the fans, but still hold back a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and it doesn't seem that a lot of people knew about him. I mean, obviously we can say Yoda knew about him, but he was off world. We can say Mace knew about him, but he was killed you know, at the, you know, right before Order 66 was done. So you got two major players off the board who knew about him. You have a lot of the the rest of the council that were off-world. Very few were there. Um, It doesn't seem like Anakin knew about him. It doesn't seem like, you know, from the stuff that revealed, doesn't seem like Obi-Wan knew about him. Ahsoka didn't know. Ahsoka didn't know. So who knew about him and why, and why is it so secret? And... Uh, like you said, there's two senators that did, uh, you know, one of the two senators did. Why were they, why did they know? And yeah. we know that Padme kept stuff back from Anakin at the end, mm-hmm. right? We saw that from the deleted scenes. Um, mm-hmm. And so what else did she know? Is she privy to Jar Jar now? Because he seems to have been, <clears throat> you know, he was uh, key into kind of, you know, pushing some of the events forward because he was being manipulated but he's an easy manipulated person. It feels like there could have been a plan to use him on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. How did Padme know? And if, if so, I think that would be a great, you know, Oh yeah. 20 years later, this is why Anakin had such, was so paranoid about stuff. Cause he was towards the end. He was like, Obi-Wan was here. You know Why? And, you know, he just was just so uptight about things because he was, and I think he was kind of sensing that there was all this stuff going on and he was at the middle of it and he didn't know how to handle it. And he was starting to mistrust Padme. So then when she shows, shows up at the end, 
with Obi-Wan, she's like, oh, I knew it. You know, you're a liar. You've been working with Obi-Wan all along. You know, like there's this stuff happening. So for it to come out in this series that uh, Padme rescued some of the, like Grogu, knew about Grogu and rescued him behind his back when he was supposed to kill them all, that's a pretty big uh, reveal, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I hope something. I hope it's something like that. Something really complex that makes you think back to the movies and kind of have to rearrange the whole order and all the stuff we've been thinking about in the past twenty years from these movies. And be like, oh yeah, and that it fits in. It's not just like forced in, right? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, there's speculation that the ship that rescued Grogu is Jar Jar Binks' ship. Um, from the Clone Wars, we did see him fly a similar ship, the same design, uh, when he was a senator to go on some some missions. And so, yeah, it could be, but like really, it's just, it's a Naboo ship. You know, they probably have, you know, 50 of them. So, could have been anybody's ship. Could have been Jar Jar's, Padme, someone else, Palpatine, right? He's from Naboo. Maybe it's his. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that all ties in. Um, I don't know, you know, yeah. come to watch. I hope, I hope we get answers sooner than later. Right. Yeah. I don't want to wait till episode eight and then it's just cast off like quick explanation. Yeah. Um, but I have the feeling that Wednesday I'm going to be like, so excited. Yes. I can't wait to watch more Mandalorian. Hopefully get more answers. Then I'm going to watch a 90% episode about this weird scientist. Yeah. Um, it's a Dr. Pershing episode. <laughs> yeah. His right? you know, brain is fried and he can't talk. <laughs> so I mean I I have that that back end fear and that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, uh, oh no, you just ruined it for me, man. I was excited. <laughs> you wrapped it up, and I'm like, yeah, that's what it's gonna be, something like right. that. Yeah, you see that? Happening. Yeah, like, totally oh, see yeah. it. <laughs> like it'll start out good the first five minutes. Yes, we're back in the story, and then it's like, uh, meanwhile, back on Coruscant, Doctor Pershing's a vegetable, and we're gonna watch him figure out how to talk <laughs> for ninety minutes. <laughs> I know, right? So, but yeah. Um, overall, I think the 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 season's going well. I think there's been some great beats, some good uh, story developments, character developments, a lot of unanswered questions, which is good. Pretty typical for Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like with the sequel trilogy, who's Snoke? Who's you know? <laughs> who's Ray's parents? <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully they learn their lesson and they don't kill off Snoke the next episode, right? <laughs> like they did with the sequels. Oh my gosh. Those are such good reveals. I don't yeah. know what you are talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's going in a good direction. There's a lot of complaints that, you know, I'm part of a lot of fan groups, which can be good and can be frustrating at the same time where an episode airs and people complain, oh, this this episode was so dumb or the writing's terrible or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, it's just frustrating. But I think from my opinion, overall, it's been good. There's been moments like the Dr. Pershing stuff was slow, but it was a lot of good information that we, mm-hmm. we figured out and learned more about the cloning process and things like that. So I think overall it's been good. What do you think so far this season, Mark? Um, I don't think it's my favorite season so far. Okay. But I really like what they have brought to the table. A lot of new angles, a lot of new um, storylines. 
lines, you know, answering a lot of questions, opening the door to 10 million more. But uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. We still have four episodes left. Uh, this could end up being my favorite season. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it'll be good. So any predictions? Well, I guess you predicted that we're going to go back to a Dr. Pershing episode. <laughs> Anything outside <laughs> yeah. of that for the next episode, maybe two episodes? Um, yeah, I think we'll get more of, of that. I think we're going to get a little bit more context between the Bo-Katan armor relationship there. And I think we're going to start fleshing out what the end goal of the season is. Mm, right. We're going to yeah. really get like a, our eyes open, like, okay, this is where we're going. Everything is moving to this direction. Everything that's happened has led us uh, to go. And it's going to start tying in. Because right now, right, you got four episodes. They're cool. But they're kind of like loose-ended episodes, right? Like I could watch episode two and not watch episode one and be fine, vice versa. So I think we're going to start making that story now fit together um, somehow. However that's going to be, right? We're going to see the perishing thing kind of coalesce into what it's, what it's going to be. And it's going to somehow tie into the greater story of the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. Yeah. I mean, it better. They spent half an hour on it and <laughs> wasn't that in- exciting. Interesting, but not exciting. So it better, it better be a payoff for sure in an episode or two. Uh, I think we'll see, al- along with all that, I like what you said. So along with all that, I think we'll see the threat revealed. Where do those TIE fighters come from? Why did uh, the what's her name on Coruscant do that to Dr. Pershing? You know, what's her agenda? Obviously she has something nefarious that she's doing. So I think we'll see more of that, if not all of it. This is my prediction. So, but yeah, good episode. It's fun to watch short, like you said, but it was fun. And I'm glad um, we were able to talk about it. So, Thanks, everyone, for joining us here on the Credible Nerds Podcast. Please like this video if you did. Subscribe to the channel. It helps us out a lot. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps us out. So we'd appreciate that. And um, we will continue to review The Mandalorian along with The Bad Batch. Uh, we got to get caught up on those episodes. So we've been slacking lately, but we'll get some reviews out for those. And uh, so thanks for joining us here on this podcast. And we'll catch you next time. See you guys.